Pediatric Junkies. Welcome back to another episode of the SNAP Podcast. The year is 1968. Marches are being held in DC protesting the Vietnam War. Martin Luther King Jr. is fatally shot in Memphis. Hey Jude by the Beatles becomes the longest song to hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. 60 Minutes' first episode aired on national television. Tommy Smith and John Carlos raised their fists during the national anthem protesting violence and poverty among African Americans in the U.S. after winning gold and bronze in the 200-meter dash at the Mexico City Olympics, and O.J. Simpson won the Heisman. 68 was filled with political and pop history that continues to be discussed 50 years later. The portion of 1968 that we want to focus on in this episode is a ray of light in what was a tumultuous year around the globe. It was in this year, on July 20th, that the first Special Olympics was hosted at Chicago Soldier Field. Over a thousand athletes competed in 200 events. Eunice Kennedy Shriver saw that there were no opportunities for children with intellectual disabilities to compete in the same sports that brought so much joy to her own life. Individuals with intellectual disabilities having equal opportunities was important to Eunice as she grew up with a sister, Rosemary, who experienced lack of competitive experiences due to her lower intellectual ability. Hoping to promote inclusion rather than the typical institutionalization of these children, Shriver hosted a summer camp that began in the backyard called Camp Shriver. Her goal was to trial different sports with these children who had an intellectual disability in order to increase their skill sets and have them realize their potential for growth. Six years later, this camp became the first ever Special Olympics. 50 years after the inaugural competition, Special Olympic Summer World Games is being hosted in the Middle East with over 7,000 athletes from 170 countries competing in 24 competitive sports. This organization has not only achieved the goals that Shriver set out to accomplish, but so much more to millions of participants around the world. In this episode, we'll discuss opportunity, involvement, and the future of the Special Olympics with Dr. Jesse Futch. So first, um, give us a little bit of a brief history of your journey with the Special Olympics. Okay. So Seattle hosted the Special Olympics USA Games in July of 2018. As the chief medical officer for that event, I spent over a year coordinating both the on-field medical care for the Special Olympics athletes and a preventive health screening program called Healthy Athletes. It was an incredible honor and experience, and it's how I started my Special Olympics. That's awesome. So um, how did you get involved with the Special Olympics? My employer, Kaiser Permanente, was the official health sponsor for Special Olympics USA Games. And through that connection, I became the chief medical officer for the game. Oh, cool. How long have you been with Special Olympics now? Did you just start when they were in Seattle? Yeah, so my first experience with the Special Olympics really was the USA Games and the year leading up to the USA Games. But I do plan to continue working with Special Olympics Washington more long term. That's really awesome. With your time with the Special Olympics, um, what have you been able to get to do and see? And um, where do you think is like the greatest need for volunteers within the community? So in the year I spent planning uh, national games, you could really see the way the volunteers were the base of the Special Olympics. There was no Special Olympics event without volunteers. 
So volunteers are really needed in all areas of Special Olympics. They can be coaches, trainers, officials, event organizers, and of course, my area of expertise, medical. So on the medical side, there's a need for acute medical care on the sidelines of sporting events. Um, but there's also a need for volunteers in preventive health screening. And that's a program called Healthy Athletes. Healthy Athletes improves access to health care for people with intellectual disabilities. Through Healthy Athletes, we offer uh, eight different disciplines of screening, and that includes the physical therapy discipline called Fun Fitness. So really, I've seen there's a volunteer role for every age, every ability, and every interest level within the Special Olympics organization. That's awesome. Um, and with the Fun Fitness, because you said that's kind of what the physical therapists are a part of. Um, do you see mostly just professional PTs or are there some students too? Yes, there's a huge role for students within healthy athletes. So each of the healthy athletes disciplines have student involvement. And it's a great opportunity for certified professionals who are also needed to run these events to teach the next generation an inclusive health care for this amazing athlete population. I love that so much, especially since um, we treat a lot of kids if you are in pediatrics. And I know right now I'm at a clinical setting um, at a children's hospital nearby where I live. And I just have a ton of kids who have cerebral palsy or Down syndrome. And um, my clinical instructor and I talk about how important it is to take these kids and their ability and, um, you know, why not train them like you would an athlete within reason. Exactly. You can really celebrate their ability and guide them in becoming a better athlete. There really isn't a better place for a student to see the broad spectrum of athlete ability and learn how to guide them into a sport or activity that fits best for where they are in their physical activity journey. Yeah, I I really agree with that so much. And so do you see more students or more professionals that are needed as volunteers? So we definitely need the professional level experience to run an event. Every Special Olympics Healthy Athletes discipline has a lead that can help train the professionals in different areas of the discipline. Students are then needed to really run those stations and run those areas um, under the guidance of the professional physical therapist. Gotcha. So you kind of need both in order to have a well-rounded event. You definitely need both. That's good for us, too, because we have a lot of students that are interested in helping out and getting volunteer hours and having another way to connect with the kids and connect with the profession itself. Yes, it's a great opportunity for students. It's also a great opportunity for professionals to teach, but also to learn as well. Definitely. It's an ever-changing profession in the medical field. Exactly. Always learning. Yes. <laughs> So what are the different like age groups of athletes or um, ability levels of the athletes that participate? Yes. The youngest competitor at the Special Olympics USA Games here in Seattle was an eight-year-old gymnast. I believe, wow. I believe the oldest was in their 80s. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it is the full spectrum. 
Special Olympics also has a program called Young Athletes for two to seven-year-olds with and without intellectual disabilities to introduce them to the basics of sports. So with that said, Special Olympics is really for all ages and stages of sports development, and everyone should get involved. I love that because exercise and sport is just a way for everyone to find something that they love and stay healthy and active. So I love that it kind of incorporates all ages and all disabilities. It does. It's amazing to see what physical activity and sports does for sense of well-being, sense of community, and engagement. So as um, students who are often clinical or are professionals who um, might have those higher level patients who might benefit from Special Olympics, how could we as students or professionals get our patients involved in Special Olympics? The biggest thing is talking about Special Olympics and the power of Special Olympics. And it's not about ability. So it's really open to every ability level and every age. Um, Special Olympics really starts at the local level. So athletes or people interested in getting into Special Olympics should contact their local Special Olympics office. And from there, they can pick their sport uh, and their level of involvement. So you uh, mentioned the local Special Olympics. Can you just briefly go over how Special Olympics is structured with the local and the state and the national levels? Yeah, so Special Olympics really starts at the local level. Athletes can join teams, develop their sports skills, gain healthy lifestyles and a sense of community. And the competitions happen on that local level primarily. Then there are state competitions. Uh, Most states have summer, spring, fall, and winter competitions. And then beyond that are national and international competitions that athletes can qualify for with their teammates. Yeah, I've been watching some of the um, world games that have been going on this weekend, which has been a lot of fun just seeing all the different um, events, both as like typical Olympic events and kind of the non-typical Olympic events like bocce. Yes. Bocce and bowling are extremely popular sports within Olympics. I live in a very Italian-influenced area right now, and so bocce is a very big sport here. Awesome. So it's been fun watching it on TV with the Special Olympics World Games going on. Yes. Um. So... You said that at the local level, that's kind of where um, the athletes get to choose their sport. Um, Are the sports different within every local Special Olympics, or is it kind of, um, do the local Olympics get based off of the interest of their athletes? I believe it's more based on the interest of the athletes and what teams can be formed. So there's more than 30 sports available through Special Olympics. But I believe in my experience with Washington and Southern California that the sports offered may be different in different states or different locations. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. But I'm sure it depends on um, if you have mountains (laughs) by you or... Yes. 
sunny weather, <laughs> anything like that. Yeah, one of the newer, really exciting sports at the USA Games was paddleboarding. Oh, that's awesome. But it, that's a little different. Yeah, it requires a location that allows you to get onto the water regularly. Yes, definitely. Um, so how have you seen that um, the Special Olympics have been changing within your time with the Special Olympics? So the thing I'm most excited about with Special Olympics now is a focus on total health and well-being and preventive health care. Uh, and so they're really digging into these healthy athlete screenings and healthy communities programs to teach and mentor athletes in healthy living to create a better lifestyle overall. Um, see if we can dive in a little deeper on the healthy athlete screening because that's um, – not necessarily a part of Special Olympics people think about. People think about the actual competing um, in events because that's what we think about when we hear Olympics. But the healthy screening is such an important part of preventative health and a big part of what the medical field is kind of all about. So um, could you dive a little bit deeper in what those are and what you do yeah. during the screens? Yeah, our athletes with intellectual disabilities often don't have the same access to medical care as their peers. There's a combination of reasons for that. They may not recognize they need assistance with their vision or their flexibility or their, their dental care. They may not recognize pain in the same way that their peers at school recognize pain or they may not have the resources to get into a physician that recognizes the unique needs of someone with an intellectual disability. So Healthy Athletes really provides a safe and fun environment where teams can go together to get screens in eight different disciplines. Um, and that does include fun fitness, which is physical therapy, but it also includes general health, health promotion, dental health, foot care, which is podiatry, um, and really looks at the whole body to then guide the athlete in what further care they may need to be the best athlete they can be, but also to be the best in their own health. That's awesome. I love that so much. Um, is that offered through the local um, Special Olympics or is it offered through the higher? It's offered through... Oh most local programs and it may not be offered at every single event but they try to cycle through throughout the year but our national and international um, events tend to have a larger screening capability that's awesome within that is that a newer program with this health screening um when when did the health screening events kind of start i do not have the exact answer for that but they are expanding and um, and reaching more and more athletes. Um, I believe the physical therapy commitment um, was in 1999. So it's been around for a while. Awesome. And then so with that, I know that the new kind of initiative to of some sort, I don't know if that's the right word, um, but is the revolution of inclusion within the special olympics yes the other and program i had wanted to mention which i'm really excited about is the unified schools and unified teams through special olympics and so that brings together athletes and individuals with intellectual disabilities 
with athletes and individuals without intellectual disabilities in a unified sport. Um, and I really can't think of a better way to teach the practice of inclusion than to go out and play together. That is so true. And it shows you more when you go and play with all different types and levels of athletes, just how um, different but the same everybody is. Exactly. And it really brings the fun back into the sport. There's always something to learn from the, the sport and the athletes in the game itself. But it's always high level, energetic and contagious. I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) What is your favorite Special Olympics memory so far? I have a lot of trouble picking just one memory. It's, It's amazing to be at a Special Olympics event, whether it's the local event or the USA Games. There's so much energy, excitement, and joy on the field. The level of competition is high. And you just feel that energy. It is really life-changing. I'd say probably my favorite memory is seeing an athlete that gets injured, come through the medical tent, go back onto the field, compete, and even go so far as win a gold. I love that. That's, that's a good feeling to be able to see this athlete come in, get treated, and then get back out on the field, the court, whatever. Um, it may be and then still succeed exactly and coming through the healthy athletes program seeing better for the first time finding shoes that actually fit it's a pretty unique experience and probably life-changing for every single one of the kids that you could well, I, I say kids, but you say it goes up to 80. Yeah. So any one of the athletes. Exactly. And every single one of the volunteers. Yes, definitely. I could totally see that. I have one more question for you. But how can our listeners get involved with Special Olympics? What is the best way to get involved? So the best way to get involved is to get involved. So contact the local organization, find out when their healthy athlete screenings are, when their big events are that they need volunteers, and get out there. Try it out. Um, Really find what your passion is and what your interest is and what your expertise is, and the Special Olympics needs it. And you'll find a home for yourself within Special Olympics, and you won't look back. That's awesome. Well, I just wanted to thank you so much um, for jumping on this podcast recording with me and teaching us more about Special Olympics and how um, not only physical therapists, but students can be involved and just how great of an experience it will be for anyone who chooses to get involved with Special Olympics. Of course. I can't wait to see everyone out there. I just loved my conversation with Jesse. Seeing children who have special needs succeed in any realm of life is so rewarding, and I personally cannot wait to get involved with Special Olympics. I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Jesse as much as I did. If you did, hit the subscribe button so that you're notified when we have a new episode coming out. Our next episode will be about Camp Abilities, which is an educational sports camp for children and teens who are physically, visually, or cognitively impaired. Until next time, friends.